Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians chapter by chapter and verse by verse as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Ephesians chapter 6. One scripture that I've been pitching on for a little bit and then we'll launch out. And as you've noticed, I've been teaching and talking and preaching on faith the last few weeks and the Holy Spirit has really stirred me to do such. So we're just going to believe God for good things, and God has asked me to really just teach on faith and let faith build in this room and let faith build in this region. Ephesians chapter 6, 16. Above all, let me say it together, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Above all. I can take up that shield of faith and I'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith for healing. Father, we thank you for your word that's anointed. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing now and what you're about to do. Hide us behind Calvary's cross, Father, and we will see signs and miracles and wonders and salvations and healings even this very day. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said... I think we would all readily agree with what the scripture has to say that it is impossible to please the Lord if you don't have faith. Amen? Everybody needs faith. So I don't have faith. Well, you do because God put it there. We talked about that a few weeks ago that to every man he has dealt a measure of faith. Everybody has faith. It's what you do with that faith. I talked to a young lad this week in my office and he's like, well, I, I don't have any faith. And And I wasn't going to get into this argument with him. I was like, well, everybody believes in something. But whatever part of the journey you're on, the Word of God, once it gets a moving in your spirit and gets a moving in your head and heart, God will do the rest of the work in regards to getting that thing going again. Amen? I believe that we are in a moment, in a season of of the history of the church, not just this church, but the church as a whole across North America and the world for that matter, where we will see an increase in miracle signs and wonders in the next few years through the Lord Terry. The reason I'm saying that is because every time the enemy ramps up chaos and nonsense and division and polarization, every time that the enemy ramps it up, God ramps it up all the more. And he does it through the arm of the church. Amen? And we've all seen the miracles. We've all seen people healed. But I still believe today that in 2021, my God, your God is still in the healing business. Amen? John or Third John 1 and 2 says it like this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Amen? It is God's will that you receive divine healing. Amen? How does, how does this work? People, people say, well, how does divine healing work? When someone asks me that question, I will say, why do we make healing more complicated than salvation? He went, more, he went through more for our salvation than he did our divine healing. Mind you, it was bad. He went to a whipping post and there he bore 39 stripes for our healing. Amen. He went to the post, but to get our salvation, he had to die. 
But for whatever reason, we make healing more mystical and more complicated than we do salvation. We just believe that if someone comes to the altar this morning and repents of their sins and confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, that there's a divine supernatural operation going inside of their head and their heart. And God begins to do the salvation process. And right then and there, there is a conversion. There is a new birth going on. And the whole works of us just believe that. But there's people that come for divine healing and when we pray for divine healing, they walk home and there's like, well, I hope so. Well, it's so-so. Well, maybe if it's God's will. No, it is God's will for him to touch your body and heal you. Amen? How does it move? We see some of the glimpses of opportunity because Jesus said, greater things you're going to do than I've done. And every time Jesus ever faced sicknesses or diseases, he walked away the winner when he found faith in the room. Let's check it out. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, or almost begging him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, this is the key word right here, moved with compassion. Let's say it together. Move with compassion stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleaned. I submit to you this morning that if you want to pray for someone for divine healing, you will first be moved by compassion for that person. There's many times at the altar or in a hospital room or a care room or someone's home that I pray for someone. And what I'm about to share with you is not to bring light to myself or anything of the nature. I'm just a regular Joe like you folks are. But we are bought with the blood of the Lamb and we have this treasure within this earthen vessel. But many times we pray for people and I can feel their real pain in their back or I can feel their pain in the body or I can feel and it moves me to tears or it moves me to high levels of sympathy because we are moved with compassion. You with me so far? One thing that the Holy Spirit will do for you and I is when there is a need in the room, it will move you. It will move your heart that when you walk away, you want to see them walk away better. Amen? If there's any other motivation other than that right there, God will have nothing to do with it. If we're trying to pray for people, say, well, we're the healing center of Charlotte County. We're known for the bodies being healed. We're known for this. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with us. We can say this is a house where God gets the glory. And when we all come together, God does the healing. God does the restoring. There's compassion in the heart of the church. And there's compassion in the arm of the church. But because this house is moved with compassion, the leper walked away cleansed. You see, there are times when people will come to you and I, and if you could get into the context of this, sort of like what Karen was talking about, with this young man with his left arm gone, he's a cultural outcast. He's not accepted. You're not supposed to touch them. The leper was in the same condition. The, the local law said, don't go near him. The spiritual law said, don't go near him, but faith said, go after him. There are some times when it will go against law. It will go against culture. It will go against religion. But when God says, have compassion on them, let's have compassion on the halt and the sick and the lame. And when God moves you with compassion, I promise you his hand is upon the rest. You with me so far? Romans chapter 2. Verse 3. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing 
such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering? And this is what I want you to catch this morning. Not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Everything God does on that chessboard of life is for one purpose, salvation. Every move he makes, every body he heals, every mind that he restores is for one motivational purpose. He's glad for bodies to get healed, but he wants your soul healed. He wants us ready that when he should come for the church, we're ready to go. In the goodness of God, will it lead everybody? I pray so, but sadly it does not. I know people that were healed that did not turn their heart towards the Lord Jesus Christ. But the majority that when the goodness of God is poured out, it will lead people to repentance. I want to make a pit stop there. Right now across North America, right now across Charlotte County, what will lead the masses to repentance. I tell you what will lead the masses to repentance. When you and I show the goodness, the goodness, the goodness of God, the love of God, the favor of God, the power of God. People say, I want that. It belongs to you. Healing belongs to God's children. Look at your neighbor and say, it belongs to me. And it belongs to you. Ha <laughs> ha. Mark chapter 7, Jesus talked to a lady here in verse 27. He says to this lady, he says, let the children be filled first. For it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said, well, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. And then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, found the demon was gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Healing is for God's children. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Amen? He loves us all. But when we come into the kingdom, everything he has is for you and I. Everything. Healing, deliverance, salvation, joy, victory, everything. Half of it, no. A little bit, no. Everything. Sometimes what happens in our world is we think, well, we're only good enough for salvation. No. If he saw fit to reach down and touch your heart and save you, he's got the whole thing for you, not just a little bit. I am a firm believer that the most joyful and thankful and freest people on the planet should be us. Amen? So I don't feel like it. Well, we're not walking by feeling. We're walking by faith. Amen? You know what? I'm going to faith it today. You may get up tomorrow morning and say, I don't like to go to work. I got a headache. I am already tired. I wish it was Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. now. You know what? Get up tomorrow and say, you know what? By the grace of God, I live in Canada. It's a free country. I am saved by the name of Jesus Christ. I have his blood flowing through my veins. I'm sealed by his spirit. I've got the joy of the Lord. Before too long, by the time you walk in the plant to the office, you're going to have a reset of your mind thinking. And you're going to say, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength and the healing that God has for my mind right now is for me. Amen? Isn't it easy to get down and get discouraged in the mully grubs? And all of a sudden you get talking to yourself and you talk yourself right into a racket or out of a racket, just like that. 
You ever talk to yourself once in a while? Yeah, all the time. All the time. There's always an argument going on, isn't there? Guess what? God's speaking to us all the time, too. He's saying, you're good. You're blessed. You're favored. My hand is on you. And sometimes people, and I'm just going to make a little pit stop here, but sometimes children of God say, well, I guess healing's not for me. Healing's not for me. Yes, I'm not good enough. No, no, healing is for you. You are good enough. Amen? I don't know how many times good to see Pastor Stephen Towns here today, but I remember sometimes when we get the phone call, oh, pray for Steve and pray for Steve, and I don't know if he's going to make her. I went into the hospital one day, said, I think you're half cat. You have about nine lives. Right down to the lowest of the lowest. And guess what? The church get a praying. The regional people get a praying. Next thing you know, he come right around. Healing's for the church of God. It's for the people of God. Amen? Sometimes we don't talk about it enough, pray about it enough, think about it enough. But at the end of the day, healing is for the people of God. I looked at all these hands and went up and says, I've been healed, I've been healed, I've been healed. And some of you have been healed just like that. I remember Joyce Wright was going through a, a situation in her health and prayer meeting after prayer meeting after prayer meeting, not getting healed, not getting healed, prayer meeting. And you know, just thunder in heaven and nothing happened. Then a little tiny quiet prayer meeting at St. Andrews one night, wasn't it not? Just a little prayer meeting of St. Andrews one night. People got around praying for her. She went home healed. Amen. I'm talking to some of you that you had financial problems and mental health problems and physical problems and heart problems and cancer problems. And some of you get healed in the moment. Some of you took years and weeks and months. But at the end of the day, you soon realized I'm a child of God and healing belongs to me and I'm getting what's mine. Amen. The devil comes along and says, you're not good enough. You're not faithful enough. You're not full enough faith. You don't know enough of God's word. You're not close enough to God. God's forgotten about you. And you know what? God's sending you on this road for a purpose to teach you a lesson. God's not sending you down a journey to whoop you or penalize you. He will allow certain things so that at the end of the day, he will be certain that at the end of the day, when the journey is done, at the end of the day, we can all say to God, be the glory. Amen. Amen. It's for you. It's for me. It's for the church. Amen. You go to some of these countries where they don't have Medicare and doctors and trust you me, I believe and thankful for all the doctors and nurses and all the physicians and and paramedics and all those fine folks. They do a great job, but there's a lot of countries on this earth. They don't they don't have what we have and they are completely at the mercy of God reaching down and healing them. And we could talk to the French family in the Philippines or we could talk to Vid Penfold in India and we hear stories about people getting healed right on the spot. Leprosy falling off people's bodies and arms growing out and people getting up out of stretchers and out of wheelchairs and walking away with the canes left behind because all they have is faith in God. And we in the North American church, we watch that and it blows our mind that there's a different God in Africa or Haiti than there is in USA or Canada. I'm here to submit to you the same God that's moving in the UK and India and China and Russia and South America. It's the same God that's in North America. He longs to move. He wants to move. He doesn't want to sit and play patty cake church. He's not interested in that. He's interested in where each and every one of us are at. Amen. I believe this morning that as long as we're focused on the main thing being the main thing, that God gets all the glory, we'll be okay. 
Matthew 9 and 8 says it like this. When the multitude saw it, saw what? All the miracles Jesus was doing, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. What's the key? Glorify God. When the heart and the motivating factor that when people get saved, healed, touched, set free is to God be the glory. God will keep pouring it out and pouring it on. Why have all these amazing awakenings and revivals started so high and ended in such chaos? You can almost study them down through the ages. Most of the time, it's not because God was interested in pulling the plug. It's because men got in the way. A lot of our denominations were started midstream or 60% through a revival. We have seen major awakenings even in the last 50 or 60 years where God was moving in powerful ways, filling arenas, and the power of God was so real. But men and women got in the way and said, Hear me, buy my book, hear me, watch what I can do. And God says, I will not share my glory with another. And what is, can be scary and very making us aware is this, is that when God starts moving and God starts saving and healing, I don't care how many pats we get on the back, we say, This is God. God's and God's alone. He gets all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. I'm not interested in a pat on the back. I don't care if they ever say my name on Facebook. I don't care if they ever sell a book. What I do care is to God be the glory and great things he has done. People say, oh my goodness, look what you guys done in St. Stephen there at St. Croix in the last 10 years. I say that's to God be the glory. I don't want a pat on the back. Actually, Proverbs says, beware if all people start patting you on the back. I turn that around and say, you give Jesus a high five on that one. When God continually gets the glory, and that's the culture of the place, I don't care if it's overcomers, and we got 10 or 15 or 1,000 people coming and getting delivered. Yes, I'm thankful for people that know how to serve. I'm thankful for people that donate and give their time and teach. But at the end of the day, every bit of attention and every bit of edification and glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? The facts are in. And there's some things in my spirit I think we just need to remind, and most of us probably know, but need to be reminded of where we're at. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely, everybody say, surely. That doesn't mean, well, maybe. Surely. Guaranteed. Someone says, Joe, can you come see me Friday morning? Sure. That doesn't mean, well, if I can get around to it, well, maybe. I'll think about it. Sometimes I'll tease Hannah. Hannah will ask for something. I'll say, well, I'll pray about it. She'll just look at me and roll her eyes and carry on. Surely. As sure as you're sitting here. Surely. Guaranteed 100%. Surely. As sure as you're saved. Who here believes you're saved today? Well, I got a few hands. Rusty, we'll go. You'll work on you. Surely. This is why we're teaching this stuff because we need to be sure as the boots are on your feet today. I need to be as sure as the confidence that he wants in this house is as sure as you go home today and flick on that light switch. You're sure that light switch is going to work. Sure as you know the door is going to swing wide open and not fall off the hinges. You're sure. 
He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I'm sure of it. I don't have to stretch my head and pray about it. I don't get to sit around and think about it. I don't have hope so faith. I am as sure as sitting on that seat today. I am sure that he has borne every grief and every sorrow that I've ever gone through. Every sleepless night and every time I cried myself to sleep. I am sure he's carried that load and I am sure he will keep on carrying that load. I'm sure of it. The enemy wants to come along and say he's forgotten your zip code and your address and your email and your phone number. He's kicked you off of Facebook and Instagram. He's even got you blocked. The old enemy comes along and says he's forgotten about you. And you can say, no, get thee behind me, Satan. I am sure my God is with me. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted by it. He was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He didn't go through that for me to say, I hope so. He went through that for you and I to say, you know what? I am sure. I'm sure. Has anyone ever told you a story and you said, yeah, sure. Some of us need to shore up our faith. And then there's other times you say, you sure about that? I'm certainly sure. I'm as sure as my boots are on the ground today. I'm sure. That's exactly what happened. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I'm sure. We got to shore up our faith and know that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised and the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. First Peter chapter 2 and 24 says it like this. You were healed. In other words, your healing's already done. It's already been paid for. Just walk into it. Say, oh, you're into that name, claim it, blab it, grab it. We've gone so far that way on the thing that we forget the healing is for the child of God right here, right now. If you're praying and your praying is lined up by the word of God and the will of God and God gets the glory and the church is going to be edified and folks around you are going to be encouraged, I promise you God's in it. Amen? You may get your healing a miracle today. It may happen a few weeks or months down the road. But at the end of the day, God's on the journey with you. Say, well, I've had a bad back a long time. Keep on praising God. Keep on magnifying God. I've been fighting cancer now for weeks or months. Keep on giving God the glory. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, I've been fighting depression for years on end. I remind you today to keep on with the joy of the Lord. Amen. I fought depression. I know it's hard to believe. You guys all know me now that I'd fight depression, but I fought depression from 2001 to 2003. I was working for a guy by the name of Pastor McKean. I would go preach or do whatever he wanted me to do that Sunday, and I'd disappear for weeks on end. My own family would come knock on the door. I wouldn't even let them in. I was so consumed with depression. I would go do my work, hide. I wouldn't go around people. I, I was so awkward and so weird, and I was like, God, I don't know what's wrong, but this depression was would not let go. So finally one day I sat down with Pastor McKean and I said, I don't get it, but I'm fighting it. And he says, I know you're fighting it, but he says, you know what? You need to get up every day and declare the word of God over your life. You need to say the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need to say, you know what? He's my portion. He's my God. He's my healer. Brother McKean says, you got to get up and you got to stand in God's word. You got to believe who saved you. And so I said, well, okay then. 
and I get up the next morning and I didn't feel like it, so I didn't do it. So he called me. Oh, it was right. Because I know he was going to call me. Jody, how you feeling? Oh. Mm. You get up tomorrow morning, young man. He was a very stern guy, but he was a dear, dear friend. You treat him like a dad. He said, you get up tomorrow morning, you do that exactly what I told you. Don't you quit. So I get up Tuesday morning. The Lord's my strength. Joy of the Lord's my strength. Wednesday, Bible study night came. He met me at the door, and he was a tall, strapping guy, suit always on. He marched like a soldier, if you ever knew him. Struck his hand out, and you think he's eight foot tall the way he carried on. Brother, how you doing? Doing all right. He said, no, 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 come on with me. He dragged me in the office, and he pointed his long, bony finger at me. He said, you get your act together right now. He goes, that demonic force is trying to get you down. It's done today. And I fought that for weeks on end. And finally one day I get up, I said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'm not handcuffed anymore. I'm not held back anymore. I'm strong. The Lord is with me. I'm telling somebody this for a reason, not to give Brother McKean or me any glory. I'm saying this today. If that you're struggling with mental health and depression, anxiety, and say, man, I have a fight in that, and I have a fight in that, and I have a fight in that. I'm telling you, what you one more time give that devil a black eye, and you do it with the Word of God and the power of your testimony, and say, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will not be down. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I don't care what they got to say about me. I don't care what lie is coming in my head. I know God. God's got my back and God's got my heart. Glory to the living God. Mark chapter 16 verse 18 says it this way. He said in verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. What signs? Signs that will make you wonder. In my name you'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it's not going to harm you. They will lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. That is the act. That is the work of the church. God's going to move through us and we will pray for people. And they will get healed. Amen. Amen. Glory to the living God. I'm believing God that faith will get stirred, stir up that gift of faith that's within you and say, God's my healer. I don't care if it's your financial health, your marriage health, your parenting health, your physical health, your mental health, your work health. I don't care what's going on in the world, but I do know this much. God knows and he's the healer. This morning he's saying this, come to me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Why don't we all stand together this morning? I saw quite a few hands go up when I said earlier, does anybody need a healing? When we begin to pray and worship here just now, stand on God's word. He's a God that cannot lie. The enemy will lie to you. You'll even lie to yourself. But this word right here is a sure thing. And by his stripes, you were healed. The only time that Christ could not heal was when he walked into towns and villages and he sensed there was no faith and he had to walk away. It's not because he didn't have the power. 
is because the flock didn't have the faith. And I'm saying to somebody today, stand upon God, upon the principles of God. Even if you don't believe it in your head, say it from your heart, I believe. I believe. I believe. And you'll see God to do a work. God will do a work. Let's just begin to worship and prepare our hearts to receive this morning. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.